Hello beautiful people and thank you for taking the time to listen to the latest episode of the Learning to Be podcast. This is a podcast for curious humans where I talk to incredible and inspiring guests about their journey of self-discovery and self-acceptance. My name's Amy Holdy and I'm a life coach and writer living in London. I work predominantly with women who feel they've lost touch with who they are and what makes them happy and they want more from life but they feel guilty for saying it out loud because on paper their life looks successful. I talk more about my work as well as my everyday thoughts and experiences honestly and openly on my Instagram, so you can follow me there at Amy Holdy. You can also head over to my website amyholdy.com to find out more about my work as a coach and download some free resources. Each week, before we dive into the episode, I raise a topic linked to the conversation you're about to hear. And this week, I want to let you all know that you don't have to justify who you are and what you want from life. My podcast guest Remy and I talk a lot about this, how she's always followed what she believes in instead of taking the easier path. So this is just me saying to you that you can do whatever lights you up, regardless of whether the people around you understand it or not, just in case you needed to be reminded. And now a few words about the conversation I had with Remy Ray that you're about to hear. Remy is a woman on a mission in life and her energy is incredible. She's highly motivated and determined, but not only determined to build a life for herself that she wants, but also to bring the people up around her in whatever way she can. I recorded this conversation with Remy just before Christmas and it was so nice to listen back to it while I was doing the edit. We talk about the importance of honesty and always being yourself, even in this crazy Instagrammed world. Remy tells her own story about how her drive and creativity come from watching her mum and her godmother when she was growing up. And we talk a lot about love and relationships, um, how they can break us apart, but also how they can complete us. We talk about the importance of being two separate beings as well as a partnership and communicating and managing personality differences. There are so many juicy bits that I can't fit them all into this intro, so just make sure you listen right through to the end because this is a goodie. And here it is. Today I'm chatting with the incredibly talented Remy Ray. Um, I met Remy, um, I think it was in July, wasn't it? Um, It was at a dinner um, organised by The Vulnerable Project and um, we sat opposite each other and I was instantly drawn in by her (laughs) honesty, her openness and her confidence. Um, And then I started to kind of uh, look into uh, Remy, I was following her on social and I was just blown away by everything that um, she's achieved. Um, So in her early 20s, she launched her first business, a plus size vintage boutique. She's also the founder of the British Plus Size Fashion Weekend. She's launched her own collection. And if that wasn't enough, um, she's also offers coaching support and organises regular events to help other women get into business. And we've just been chatting offline and there's some other amazing (laughs) stuff that she's also getting into, which, um, yeah, I'm sure uh, she will share with everyone in the future but thank you so much for chatting to me today Remy um it's a You're real so pleasure welcome. um so welcome. thank you um so yeah I mean what I said in the beginning about 
your confidence like the first time I, I met you I just kind of like really shone through and when I was sort of before we um we had a chat today I was just looking online and looking at some video interviews that you'd done and just all the stuff that you'd achieved and it's incredible how like determined and how like you seem to have always had like such a, a firm sense of self-belief and acceptance yeah. and I just wonder if you agree with that and like where you think that comes from I always say um the confidence and the belief that I have in myself comes from the fact that I have no inheritance to come. Uh-huh. And when uh-huh. you have nothing to come or nobody to offer you assistance in terms of like finances or knowledge or things of that nature, it kind of gives you such a different hunger. Uh-huh. And I feel like people that have come from relatively underprivileged backgrounds, a lot of us tend to have that. Like, my mum was in a house buyer, but it was something that I really aspired to. Um, majority of my family have never run or owned a business in any capacity, but it's always been something of very, very, very big interest to me. Um, so just the, the lack of really made me want to have more. And I think that that's really the driver behind every single thing that I do. Yeah, I mean, it's genuinely incredible that also you just always seem to, you're always you. I don't ever feel that you're putting on um, a mask or like a facade for anyone else. Honestly, I think there's a massive space of people not being very honest with who they are and then wondering why they don't get the results that they want. It's because they're not really operating as self, they're operating as somebody else. When I was younger, I was let down a lot by like adults, not because they went out of their way to, but because... They were always operating in a whole different kind of space. And I feel like honesty is really, 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 really important. So that's like what I pride myself on now, being honest. If I can't do something, I should say if, you know, I'm unable or instead of lying, instead of having to go back and forth, let's just be honest from the start and then we can move forward more easily. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I think you're right. People people see through the shit don't they and it's like if you're not being yourself people see through that I I think because social media has allowed everybody to have this perception it's almost like who are the real people so we're kind of seeking each other out where it really shouldn't be like that we shouldn't be seeking out each other um you know for who's being real or who's not being real because we all should be living our authentic selves so it's kind of crazy that the um you know, the hourglass is tipped on its head at the minute. It's it, it's strange to me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And do you feel like you've ever had moments of, like, doubting yourself or wondering yeah. who you are and, and what did that look like and what did that feel like if that was something you've experienced? I think I've, I've always had maybe, as confident as I am and as much as I'm, like, um, somebody who's highly motivated like I realized that my motivation level was higher than many mm. but I think maybe a five to ten percent of me it's always there because if it wasn't then it wouldn't I wouldn't challenge myself in a way you know what I mean yeah. so having that self-doubt uncomfortability sometimes I think that also helps drive this ship I think that's also important that people recognize it as well we're not perfect mm. none of us are and the reality mm. of be- those are human elements and we shouldn't shy away from them. And I think that's the message I try to portray with the things that I put out. Like, you got to work with you. 
every single day and you've got to get comfortable with that even when sometimes it's uncomfortable yeah yeah and I was listening to I think it was your first um podcast episode and it was about um fear and how you know a lot of the women that you had been speaking to at that time had been like saying that fear played a big part in their lives and you were just saying well you know you kind of have to just get on with it and that's part of what drives you and actually you were also saying that you didn't really feel that so much I just wondered if you wanted to talk about that a little bit you mean fear like yeah. being so fearful that it paralyzes you yeah I yeah. don't have that I don't get paralyzed or um I don't get paralyzed by fear and I think that's a lot to do with my growth as a woman mm. I've just allowed fear not to mm. overpower anything that I've wanted to do even if I fell a hundred times Amy I'm still gonna get back up because I'm just so heavily driven by change and wanting better for my family the women that are around me the next generations I don't think that I have even when I go to therapy, right, my, my therapist is like, why don't you take the time out sometimes? And I'm just like, I don't think we have the time. The time is not now to stop. Mm. There's so much change happening and you mm. need to be a part of that to make sure that the next generations don't have the problems that we have. And I think it's important. I think we are all vessels, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and what about, um? so how would you describe like, your upbringing in terms of it being an environment that like enabled you to explore who you were and accept yourself and like build this confidence that you have so I spent part of my time growing up with my mum who's a single mother of four um I have a brother and two sisters um I spent the other half of most majority of my younger life with my godmother she actually ran a business um and she was a heavy motivator not she didn't come to me and was like you got to do this kind of thing but just the natural behavior of me seeing her running her business and stuff and this was quite early on I was probably about five or six she would take me to work and then when I got to like age 10 and stuff she wasn't working anymore but I guess just from the energy that I had seen very early on and the motivation and the drive is where kind of my business acumen comes from. Uh-huh. But then living with my mum, my mum uh-huh. was quite a creative person. And she is still to this day. She's one of those mums that can literally do anything with her hands. She can see something once and then she can do it. So I think the both of those elements together really is the melting pot for who I've become and who I am now. Um it was tough though we didn't have a lot of money we didn't like my mum didn't say oh here you know here's some money go out and figure it out it was never like that like we had to wait in turns to get trainers you know um and and nobody was talking about expression black families tend to not speak about creativity and expressing yourself in this it's just not a conversation that's ever really had um I took myself to uh music college when I was being naughty at school I was like let me go down to the teacher's office and negotiate how I can get myself out of school and in turn I ended up going to school three days a week music college um at the age of 14 basically for two days a week and I got her to repaint and decorate the whole school with my best friend because she said I was being disruptive (laughs) in my maths class and what more could I help with like what do I really want to do So I think naturally I've always been somebody that disrupts spaces that um, suppresses expression. And I think naturally this this is just 
how I've become Amy. Yeah, it's amazing, actually. <laughs> it's amazing. I just find it incredible that from such a young age, you're just like, right, boom. Like, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to achieve. It's just awesome. I love it. Um, but like, so, you know, you speak, you spoke about your godmother and your mum, but also, and that you, you got a lot of inspiration from them, but also that in like the black community, that maybe the certain things that you were looking for yeah. aren't nurtured. So did you feel like... No, they're not. You were like, did you feel supported in your decisions like along your journey so far by the people around you not just within the black community but usually when you step out of your like your immediate circle and do something a little bit different your friends sometimes look at you like "Mm, what's this because they're not they didn't they don't know you know when I started the British plus size fashion weekend people were like uh so what is it that you do Mm. and even myself it confused me sometimes because I was like what is it that I do? Like, it's fashion, but it's not, it's for bloody an event. <laughs> and it took me forever to realise that I was actually just putting on an event. It it kind of like, I don't know, it kind of confused me to the point where I was like, who am I and what am I actually doing here in this space? Because I was very young. I was yeah. I started uh, the plus, British Plus Size Fashion Weekend at the age of 23, and there was already major companies and people operating in that space, and they were confused as well. I would get phone calls of people saying, what is it that you're actually doing? Um, <laughs> I, oh, I've wanted to do something like that, but um, yeah, so I think I'm going to do something like that too, and it was it was so confusing at that time, but I just persevered because the the backdrop for that for me was the fact that plus size girls really didn't have a place to express themselves. Mm. And that's the core mm. reason why I started the British plus size fashion weekend design designers for plus size girls were not getting picked up. Plus size women didn't really have a voice and I was never skinny. And a lot of the women that were bigger than me always were like, Oh, but you always look so cool. Or you always dress yourself so well. Or, and they always wanted somewhere to be able to be celebrated. And that was the reason why the British Plus Size Fashion Weekend was so important, stepping outside of that box, you know? Yeah, definitely. So it's amazing. And like, so how did you hold your own? Like, when you started, you were 23, <laughs> you were organising this like massive event. Yeah. How did you remain true to yourself and your vision and your dream through throughout that process? Honestly, it was one of the toughest things I had ever done um, in business to date because it really stretched me in ways that I didn't know I could be stretched. It put me in rooms with um, execs and directors of major companies that I just had no experience in. Honestly, um, I would get dressed in the morning knowing that I'm going down to, say, for instance, the Arcadia Group to have a meeting with women that had already been working in this space for, like, 10 years plus. Wow. And I'm saying to disrupt everything. I want to, you know, showcase fat women because that's what the rest of the world was calling um, plus-size women at that time in a positive light. Obesity was, like, all over the news and it was all negative. There wasn't any positivity there. And um, it was tough because I was so young and I I didn't really know some of the agendas, um, not essentially from the Arcadia group, let me make sure that's clear, but just generally that older, working with older people, 
people in older spaces that have a wealth of knowledge. It's either they take you under your their wing or you're you're part of the, the problem, you know what I mean? Mm. So it it was mm. tough. It was it was tough as a young person. I was still trying to find my feet as a young person, much less operating in business at that capacity with major, major organisations, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just think about myself at 23 and I just think, you know, I just don't feel like I believed in myself enough at that stage in my life to have been able to do something like that. And I just, yeah, I just found it awesome and the fact that you you know you did remain true to the vision that you wanted to create is just awesome yeah I mean amazing how did you sort of negotiate within yourself some of those more difficult or like you know political with a small p situations where it was all getting a bit weird or whatever or quite masculine quite white male dominated spaces I guess as well it it did it, it it did get quite heavy um sometimes and not so much to do with race Mm. but more so to do with market share and market space and some of the biggest brands that were operating in that space at that time even though they were taking plus size consumers money were not interested in being a part of something that could really help boost their confidence with their consumers okay so it made me understand that business is really a game and it's a game of money and a lot of companies that operate in a multitude of businesses variation of sectors are really in it not because of they not because of the right reasons basically they're in it because they want to make money and that's probably about it yeah um the plus size industry has become kind of like a cash cow and a lot of the businesses that operate in that space now from my opinion, don't operate from a, a space of love or really helping the plus size industry move forward. And since I've stopped doing the British Plus Size Fashion Weekend, I haven't really seen much change and I haven't seen any innovation per se, um, which is, is is quite sad. Yeah, that is a shame because I know that a lot of the stuff that you were trying to do was, you know, it's not just about the clothes, it's about the women, like you were saying, yeah. like really empowering women and, and making them feel like, you know, they can wear whatever they want and be whoever they want to be. So that is a real shame, to be fair. If you go on to, like, just say, for instance, you put the hashtag in on social for plus size girls, majority of the girls you're going to see are just like bikini shorts or whatever. And then that kind of exotic kind of fetish kind of undertone kind of hits it and then not much else has taken place after that which is a bit sad because fashion is is way larger than just revealing a lot of your body you know yeah exactly so, yeah yeah so so why do you think it's like do you think there is space for it to maybe move back in the direction that you wanted to take it in or do you feel like it is just about the money now and that's kind of the path that it's going down yeah i think i i I think there's always room for um, change and potential and, you know, innovation in any space, not just the plus size world. But I do feel that you would need a decent amount of money um, to be able to impact that change. There's, you know, like there's celebrity plus size girls and stuff now where a lot of them that I've worked with in the past were just young girls trying to figure out who they were kind of thing. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of ego involved now. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, probably I wouldn't work in the same capacity of the British Plus Size Fashion Weekend, but I would still be open to work with women 
in a different kind of space. I've, I've got a few ideas listed. I've just never really acted on them because the space became for me personally because of the trauma that I had with the, my ex-business partner became a, a bit toxic right. and I decided to get out as, a, as opposed to staying within it. But yeah, I do, and to answer your question, I do think there's a lot of room for potential if, if that's what people want to do, you know? Yeah, okay. So yeah, talk a little bit about, because I know that you've, you've sort of taken a bit of a step back from your work in fashion and you're now doing a lot of stuff around mentoring and coaching and working with women to sort of build their, um, their confidence and their ideas. And what sort of, what sort of took you in, in that direction? The mentoring and just like the motivation kind of side of me is quite natural. It's something that I work with every single day. I The same way that like other people say to me, oh, you know, you really motivate me. I also motivate myself in that same way. So it's like a reciprocal energy for me. But people think that I'm just doing it for the world. But it's also when I'm saying get up, do something. I'm also telling myself, get up, do something. Yeah. So I think that's quite natural for me. I don't, the coaching element, um, I think that was quite organic as well because I would, from I think from the first business I ever had, which I started in 2010, Trapped in a Skinny World, I've been getting questions and people asking me about stuff since then till now. So wow. it kind of was progression if you wanted people were like how did you do this where did you start this how did you have the confidence to do this and and things like that so it was mm. kind of natural to get into coaching but coaching's tough I find it quite tough sometimes okay. um, especially creative <clears throat> okay and do you find it quite do you find it tough because it's like you feel like other people are sort of relying on you to build them up or uh get them in the right direction or things like that no, I feel that's a part of coaching, but I feel like it's more to do with you have to do a lot of sieving. It, and it's not about money with coaching. It has to be about outcomes. So mm-hmm. you have to work with people that really want to do the work. And sometimes um, people don't really want to do the work, but they pretend that they do because they're not being honest with themselves. And yeah. then that can be draining yeah. because it means that every angle that you try, that person's probably not going to be reciprocal to it because that's not where they're at mentally spiritually you know so it then becomes more of a drain than than a beautiful process of learning how do you sort of work with people when you see that that's something that they're going through because obviously you want them to figure it out for themselves but yeah it's hard isn't it I mean how how do you sort of handle that I'm very honest with coaching and I am just as honest if you met me in person and I feel like that's important because I do feel like sometimes, um, you know, we're just creatures of habit. So if you've never been told or say, for instance, you presented a new idea to me and the idea was just rubbish, but it had potential and we could work on it. Yeah. Sometimes when you go to people that love you, they won't really tell you the real deal yeah. about what you're really doing. So that, that's kind of the angle that I take when I coach. Do you really want this information? And do you want me to give you my honest opinion? And if you do, here it is. Yeah. And if you don't, <laughs> let me know kind of thing, you know. And um, before I coach um, any of my clients, I give them a questionnaire mm-hmm. of like 50 questions of just a variation of different things and scenarios and how they handle things and their interests and their goals and things like that and then I use it against them (laughs) (laughs) 
in the future I'm just like you told me this so this is what we're doing <laughs> I like that <laughs> I do it I make them sign contracts for themselves as well because I want them to be held accountable for what it is that they're actually yeah, doing that's a really good when sign, yeah when you sign on the dotted line you know it puts fire under your butt and I think that's important as well yeah what do you because uh, if you you know you work with lots of women um what do you see like do you see similar things coming up for mm-hmm. people like similar themes of like fear or um, massive really massive um you can speak to women that have the best ideas ever and because they procrastinate and 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 fear is a massive one as well they just never get started and those are the hardest people sometimes to coach because it's like you could give them all the tools in the world. You could give them all the money that they needed to actually get the, this idea or whatever off the ground. And they will still find a hundred ma- a thousand excuses as to why they can't do it. And those sometimes are the hardest people to coach because until they're in a space where they really want to do the work, there's very little you can do to move them forward. It's like self-sabotage, isn't it? A little bit it is and and then those are the clients that I will say have you been to therapy before because some because coaching I'm like I'm not a doctor I'm I'm just somebody who's highly motivated and that's what I say I talk from my experience I tell you how and what I think it's my opinion but if there's other angles i.e you know trauma from the past or whatever I I then refer them to potentially going to get some therapy to get rid of some of the baggage that they may be carrying that's stopping them from moving forward yeah so yeah yeah. do you do you think that that's something that's important for all of us to do to kind of be able to have that mirror reflected back at us and actually really see sometimes what we need help with or what we things we need help to work through massively I think that um it's probably I don't know like one of the cheapest ways that you can reflect and figure out who you really are without essentially paying for therapy and all the other um, extras but if you really were being honest with yourself and you held a mirror up to yourself and said you know what who am I and every day you ask yourself the same question Mm. until you kind of got a bit more comfortable with figuring bits and pieces out and then maybe you move from who am I to why do I do this or why has this happened I feel like those are just small steps that you can take to kind of figure out who you are the the, the figuring out who you are Amy is so important it's probably the most important lesson I've learned over the last 24 months of my life even though I've operated in multiple spaces, I feel like the getting to know me again, the personal development side of me, and just being very open and honest with who I am is like, I wish somebody had told me this when I was 20, 22, 23, so that I would just have a bit more clarity now as I stand at 31. So what if the, you say like the last 24 months have been kind of significant in that way like what what's what does that look like for you and what why was that why do you think the last couple of years have been such a sort of turning point for you I think just getting older one um two wanting to see some significant change like my dyslexia crippled me for a long time from progressing in like corporate okay um and because of that I felt like sometimes I would feel stifled solely to do with like corporate life not essentially um entrepreneurship but then because of the it I felt so stifled sometimes and so suffocated 
it would then trickle into me not wanting to make moves or being fearful sometimes in taking some steps and then shaking myself off and thinking, oh, what's wrong with me? Not realizing it was a lot to do with my personal development and baggage as well, past relationships, the way people have treated me, um, but the breakdown with my ex-business partner or, you know, failing at business and things like that. And this is me on the other side, honestly, it is. And and that's why I'm so highly motivated and I just continue because I've realized that there's a bigger picture here. Mm. It, It isn't about me and anything that I've ever done when I look back, it's never really been about me. Mm. it's been about the help that I could provide to others Mm. which I realized quite maybe in the last three or four years of my life but I didn't really know how to channel it Mm. and now I'm able you know Mm. and what sort of things have helped you work through some of those issues over the last couple of years and sort of really delve deeper within yourself and get more comfortable in who you are and what you want yeah I'm, I'm a lover at heart so I think love has opened me up in every capacity I've been burnt in love I've loved like hard in love I've been angry in love I've every every kind of angle or scenario you could think of as (laughs) probably been through and and I, I really wondered why if I'm such a lover why did I consistently receive such or it felt like such you know bad treatment in a way I almost like victimizing myself without yeah. questioning what it was that I contributed to those situations or those scenarios. It was always like a blame game. Mm-hmm. And because I'm quite a sensitive soul, in turn, it would just make me feel like either, you know, I've done something wrong. I'm a Virgo. So that perfectionist element yeah. and stuff. So I think it's love that's really changed me. Um, I got into a new space. I, uh, you know, brought a flat. Um, I, I have a new partner. He's an entrepreneur. Mm. Um, just a multitude of things, you know, but love at the core of it has really kind of changed me. And then toppled, like topped with therapy and just looking at things from a different perspective, just all of these different steps have really got me to where I am now. And now I'm not so dependent on how people love me. I'm more dependent on the love that I'm able to give the way that I receive it, the way I want to receive it. And and these are just things that I'm learning over the last few months. So you might have to interview me again. In a few, <laughs> but love. Yeah, I, lo- I really, I really like that. And actually that it makes a lot of sense. And I can see that in my own life yeah. because I think I, I felt, I, I think I was similar in the sense that when I was in my twenties, yeah. it was all about, what I was getting from other people that was kind of how I defined myself Mm -hmm. um and like you know how I think how I thought other people perceived me was how I felt happy or how I felt sad and that resulted in me getting into a really 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 bad place and sort of having to finally realize that I needed to go and speak to someone to try and work through some of this stuff and actually figure out who the hell I was because it's so easy isn't it to just kind of keep taking on other people's stuff and other people's stuff and just lose yourself in this like mountain of baggage that you know you don't even know where you're at (laughs) it's true and um I don't think that we give ourselves enough credit from the things that we endure as women we do go through a lot 
and nobody's ever going to turn around and say that it's a lot because everybody wants to be seen as superwoman. Yeah. But we do go through quite a lot, you know, and especially if your personality or, yeah, if you're anything similar to me, I'm very, very sensitive mm-hmm. and um, I'm very compassionate. So it's very easy for people's uh, baggage, say, for instance, to, to mag- like be a magnet to me because yeah. it's just the way that I am. I take on different energies. I take on you know, problems and I'm the oldest daughter. So I'm very heartfelt. Everything yeah. feels the heart for me. Um, yeah, it does. Yeah. And do you have to be quite mindful of like the boundaries that you have for yourself then, if you're yeah. like that? And what, what do they look like and how do you sort of manage that like day to day? So I have a council um, of people that I speak to when I need to speak to them. They know when I'm low they know yeah. when it's not all right with me um and I used to have a massive group of friends that I used to hang out with my best friend we literally were inseparable on the weekends we party go to work together I stay at her house <laughs> for months on end and um like our friendship literally broke down and I literally spended so much more time with myself this is about four and a half years ago now okay yeah so that was really the point where I was like transitioning. I was figuring myself out quite heavily and, and that coat of that armor of those girls in that space just no longer suited me anymore. Mm. And I was ready to break free because I, to be honest with you though, Amy, I've always felt a bit different. Okay. I've never really felt comfortable. Ugh, I, not comfortable. I don't know if that's the right word, but I've always felt like there was something different about me. Yeah. I didn't, like when I be in spaces or places, I always feel a bit not edgy, but just something else. And I can't, I don't know what it is. I've not discovered it yet. Um, but I've always felt like that since I was young, and I've never known why yet. I'm still to discover it. Okay. So I think that that's just a part of my journey. I'm somebody who transitions through times, spaces, and seasons, and I just need to get used to that. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel like there have been any other sort of like really significant times when you've felt a big transition or change in your life? It's probably to do with boys, to be honest with you. Yeah, haven't we all? (laughs) Yeah, like I'm one of uh, like my first, first loves um, from the age of 19 to about 23 or so. He just literally played games all throughout the duration of us seeing, dating, then transitioning to a relationship and stuff like that. And he was a little bit older than me, yeah, but that much older than me, but he knew the game better than me. Yeah. That's just the truth, you know? Yeah. Um, So I was definitely the losing part of that game. But um, the breakup with him really made me question everything about myself. It made Mm. me question the way I did stuff, the, the, uh, the way I trusted, my intuition, it, it just made me question so many parts of the person that I thought I was. Okay. And even after him, I didn't essentially get it together. I was still figuring it out. And I think even till today, you never really know, you know, but I think just the personal belief that I have in myself, it's so high now that it's just different, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I think, you know, what you said about, um, you know, love has played such an important role in your life and like you sort of growing into who you are. I just think that is 
that is really important and when we can love somebody like completely but also without without having to own them or for them having to own us it's like this incredibly like liberating thing yeah actually and it's not often that you find that connection with someone but when you do it's it is life-changing it's everything yeah I was reading an article the other day actually um that said when you're in a relationship you do not own your partner's sexuality and I Mm. thought oh my goodness (laughs) how big is that like it's so right right but when you're in a relationship you're like huh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's true you don't yeah Yeah. and you shouldn't have ownership over what somebody else decides and then you you wonder why or in the back of your mind you might flick back to a time where when you were in a relationship it was just like everything was merged he couldn't you couldn't we have to discuss and really relationships should be a lot more about you being who you are him being who he is yeah and where you guys meet in the middle um so yeah, a lot of learning, a lot of learning. Definitely. I feel like that model of relationships, you know, that sort of more old school, traditional, you know, oh, I need to ask the missus or whatever. <laughs> it's like we're slowly starting to like break, break. that down. Um, yeah. But I have to challenge myself sometimes because like, for example, with Ollie, yeah, you know, like I'll get pissed off because I'll be like, well, I wouldn't do that. Um, like that's not how you should do it that's not how it should be done like that's not how we should live our life like blah 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 but it's like I've got to check myself because at the end of the day he isn't me like he's got to be his own person and he's got to make his own decisions and he's got to live his own life like within there's got to be boundaries you know I don't there are certain things that you have to agree together that okay we're not going to do xyz or whatever but it's got to be it's got to be more fluid, I think, than than it has been in the past. I, I think it has to be more fluid, but I also wonder how ready we are for that. Yeah. Because I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of pain before there's gain through this type of change, especially with relationships. And and generally how we operate now in, in 2018 for the next maybe 10 or 20 years just there's a lot of change happening around us and I just wonder as humans are we really ready for it (laughs) (laughs) I mean I was watching this program uh yesterday about uh being polyamorous Mm -hmm. and I was like thinking you know logically that makes sense to me you know logically I could be like I get it you know we shouldn't have to just see one person in our life as fulfilling our every need and our every like sexual desire and all that our emotional needs but I for me I don't think I could do it certainly not yet like my brain hasn't evolved (laughs) that much yet do you know what I mean I'm with you on that I've always said from a very young age that I do believe men need to I think women are more likely to stick it out Mm. with the one man than a man possibly could and that's just my opinion but I've always (laughs) felt like that since I was young I've always always felt like that and and now you see you know a lot more of this kind of behavior but it is interesting it is interesting if that is even what 
we're supposed to be about and we're just blocking it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but talking about uh, relationships, like yeah. your relationship at the moment with your man, like how, what things do you guys do to sort of make sure that you're both connecting in the way that you need to, like emotionally and you're both supporting each other how you need to, but also giving each other the space that, that you might need to kind of succeed in your own uh, your own dreams? Honestly, this has been the hardest relationship I've ever had. Um, frankly speaking, it's been a very uphill battle in terms of communication mm-hmm. and the way that he sees things and the way that I see things. I'm very forward thinking. He's very like, let's get there soon, as opposed to I'm like, let's get there now. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of back and forth and a lot of like trying to figure out how to give that person space to grow and this is definitely the most challenging time that I've ever been in in any relationship I've ever had because we're we're not at a space where we have not that we haven't got room for error but I feel like I'm more able to turn around whether or not this is going to work turn bounce back maybe that's better for me to say yeah I feel like a time now where I've been through enough relationships he's had his relationships or whatever and if this is not going to work then the honesty needs to be at the forefront of everything that we do yeah Um, I'm very honest I'm very like I I don't like to hold anybody prisoner so I give the space that's needed to be given to him whenever he's working on whatever he's working on because he's an entrepreneur as well Mm. um and he usually does the same to me. We usually butt heads around innovation. So it's kind of like <laughs> that shouldn't really be brought up too often in the household because I'm very innovative and he's like somebody who likes classic, logical, traditional. <laughs> and sometimes he's like, that sounds good, actually. That sounds good. But that's very rare. So it is, it's been tough. Um, I'm a natural creative. He isn't. Um, what keeps us together honestly is love and mm-hmm. saying that we're not going to quit on each other regardless of whatever the circumstance may be um, I've seen his heart he's seen mine and we try and push through where we can yeah. and if the day that that's no longer um, not beneficial but no longer works with the people that we're trying to become I think we will both bow out gracefully without having too much of a I don't know um I don't know, like a negative view on each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think we're at that space now, just just where we're at. Yeah, yeah. No, that's. I think that's really lovely, actually. And it's it's hard, you know. Like mm-hmm. relationships are really hard, and I feel like the ones that are the <laughs> most important to us are the hardest as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because even though we're like we're not looking for any validation or whatever, and we're probably not. 99% of the time but you still want to be seen and and deemed and you know told certain things when you're in a relationship when you give yourself to somebody else and they give themselves to you it's the most honesty that you could ever have between another soul you know what I mean yeah. it's not love that you get from your mom or whatever it's it's totally totally different mm. um and the fact that I didn't grow up with my dad was always a bug burner for me so okay. all my relationships I was constantly kind of looking for a father figure and it just never really came and then this mm. is the first relationship that I haven't looked for that I've looked for just the person and who they are and who they say they that they're supposed to be you know yeah and someone that's going to actually meet your 
needs yeah. rather than sort of like this figure that you're searching for. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's amazing. That's the that they have it to give. I think sometimes um, in relationships, and I, I have definitely done this before, we've asked for people to give us more than they have the capacity to give. Mm. He doesn't in some spaces to give me X, Y, and Z, but sometimes, especially sometimes from us women, we're asking for all these wonderful things, but that person just doesn't have the capacity or doesn't have the know-how. Um, that first relationship I told you about, I couldn't breathe when we broke up. And my mm. aunt over and over again, she said, he doesn't know how to love you. You're asking somebody to do something they have no knowledge of doing. They do not know how to love you, how you want to be loved. You need to let it go. Yeah. Um, and that stuck, it stuck with me even now, even now. Yeah. I think that's so true. I've, yeah. defi- I've definitely experienced those relationships in the past. Like you're just on completely different pages and you, you're just trying to kind of fit your lives around each other, but it's never going to work because you just don't understand each other on that level and you can't give each other what you need. It's that different spaces. It's like asking somebody who suffers with mental health not to have mental health. That's just it. That's just the reality as it stands, you know? And yeah. we need to be more open to that. Like, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Yeah. And when you... So when you work with... Um, other women in a coaching sort of way do you yeah. do, do other things kind of come up as well like yeah. relationships and and do you see any sort of like do you see there's similar things that are coming up in that area as well as kind of business it usually is a lot to do with the relationship outside <laughs> of business strangely yeah um and then I usually give my perspective from my background and my experiences yeah. and most that's what I mean like even though somebody will be like I'm coming to you for business coaching there's always an undertone as to why they're actually coming to you and sometimes it's about relationships sometimes it's about past I've had people uh tell me about stuff that they've never told a soul Mm. and 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 just being able to speak about it has allowed them to push forward and think about things for the future because they've finally been able to offset that baggage um I've had people lie and pretend um, in in coaching as well, just fabricate stuff and information, and and they were really sinking. Mm-hmm. And then it all came out like after, and I was just like, you just spent so much energy pretending to be somebody that you're not. Wow. It's yeah, it happens. I've I've had a bit of it all, to be honest with you. Wow. My God. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot. I think when you decide like for me obviously I've you know decided this year I'm like right I'm going to create my own business this is my baby you're absolutely right like so many other things start coming up because also to create a business you have to put yourself out there and it's part of you and you're exploring all these different areas and it's quite a vulnerable time actually isn't it is and and it's that uncomfortability that usually is the sink or swim and that's why they say a lot of businesses within the first year of starting then kind of like close down or whatever because it is it's really a lot to do with self yeah um, self-promotion and and putting yourself out there into that vulnerable space and just letting it be known that you're you're doing this and then 
you might get the judgments and then that holds you back a little bit and then you might be fearful and then that holds you back a little bit and it's like you have to want to take the leaps over and above those steps and I think that that's one of the reasons why coaching will probably never be a full-time job for me because Mm -hmm. as a natural creative it does take a lot of your energy as well and on the days that you're even feeling shit oops sorry no 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 (laughs) it's fine (laughs) even on the days where you're not feeling a hundred percent you still have to dig deep and give more so yeah I'm, I'm very selective now with how I go about coaching or mentoring or whatever. And if you meet me naturally, you know I'll just start spilling stuff out if I know anything because it's just my <laughs> name. Have you thought of that or whatever? So yeah, yeah. yeah. And how and how do you how do you put those boundaries in for yourself? Then how do you sort of make sure that you're not spending too much time on the coaching or you're working with the clients that you actually yeah. really want to? It's a lot of screening. Okay, right. <laughs> Hence, like the fifty quest, the fifty questions. Before. Yeah, yeah, and it sounds like like a lot, but it's not. It's yeah, questions around each specific space or whatever. But you know, just from that, you can kind of get a feel of who the person is, and making sure you do those like consultations at the beginning, just to make sure that these are the people you want to be surrounded with and stuff. And I was speaking to a consultant actually, and she told me like your prices are way too low for Mm. the energy and stuff that you're doing. You need to be charging a lot more money than this. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm tired at this stage. (laughs) (laughs) You need to start doing more and you need not more hours, but you need to charge more for what you give. The value in what you give is worth way more than what you're actually charging. And she said that probably that will change the way that I feel about coaching masses as opposed to just doing like one or two clients that still give me enough room to maneuver within my own space without feeling like I've given away too much or too much of my energy has gone into x y and z you know yeah that's really interesting about um the amount that you're charging for your work and your time and I feel like I don't know if you've experienced this but I feel like you know particularly as women like we're always a little bit cautious on put like putting a value on what we are doing and like is that something that you've struggled with at all you know to say actually this is what I'm worth and this is what I expect people to pay I think because I came from a fashion background I'm not in fashion no I don't have that problem yeah but when it comes to this space because of my natural ability to give or to be a giver yeah. or a lover, yeah. um, I think it challenged me differently in this space. Um, with fashion, I don't, I, I don't have that problem at all, strangely. But also maybe because I can see the components. Mm-hmm. I'm a visual kind of person. I know how much fabric costs. I know how much production costs. I can see all these wheels, you know. But when it comes to coaching, it's quite different. It's a personal journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you want them to win, Yeah, you know. You want your clients to win. You you want them to excel and be abundant with whatever it is that they, um, you know, task you to help them with. So for me, it's also a personal, it's very personal to me. Mm. It's very personal. Yeah. So I guess the money element can sort of add like another layer of complexity yeah. to it then. Yeah. Especially if, you know, we know that, the UK or a lot of people within the UK that are starting small businesses, blah, 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 blah. 
since you don't have a lot of money. So I think that I've been a bit maybe too empathetic there. Yeah. And maybe 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 that's something that I need to work on. Um, she's given me a list of stuff to do. To be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, it's important. It is. It's important to make sure that you charge your um, your value. It, yeah. it is. It's really yeah. important. Yeah. And that you feel confident and that you believe in yourself when you're going out and saying that it's like you are actually worth that amount you don't need to question yourself I think that is really hard for a lot of people isn't it it is it's hard I think overall especially when you are service-based as opposed to product-based yeah I think there's massive differentiation there and I think that people don't give that enough you know like fault in itself when you're providing a product you can kind of work out costing when you're providing a service it's um subjective you know yeah yeah definitely and what so what do you feel like is is next for you like I know there are certain things that you can't really talk about right now but what are what are some sort of exciting things that you feel like your journey is about to sort of the the direction that your journey is about to go on yeah, so I'm very interested in group economics, um, okay. co- collaborating with other women and, and working on things that we know that we can excel in. I think business is about money. It isn't only about impact and stuff like that, but creating spaces where people like us can collaborate and work together and get those juices flowing is really, really important yeah. to me. Just working with other women overall to boost them up and boost me up learn from each other is really really important I think social media has played a heavy role in us not engaging enough with each other where the real magic actually happens Mm. um so um bringing people together into spaces where we can actually touch feel taste off of each other is really really important to me and that's why obviously mindset hack is so major because it puts people on the spot and it makes you want to start running because in the room, the energy is so infectious. It just makes you reconsider a few things. Um, So that's really important for me. Like personal interaction is really, really key. Um, The mobility, tech and fashion, um, me trying to bridge the gap between all of those elements is something that I'm working on at the moment. Um, And mainly because of, those are all elements of me you know yeah. I really purposeful work now I want to work in spaces that make a difference but also help me to help other people in the process so yeah yeah a few things yeah. Mm-hmm. amazing and you just keep having ideas <laughs> all these ideas it's, it's always been like this. <laughs> <laughs> how do you make sure like you spoke earlier a little bit about not feeling that you can take a step back and you can maybe slow down at times like is this just do you always feel like you're on all the time and like how Um, what impact does that have yeah I've always been on though age of nine kid you not I was I brought tracing paper and the tint like you know like watercolor paints or whatever and I would stay at my aunt's after school and I said you know what there's so many kids here I should start like a place, a play school kind of thing because I was like a little bit older than some of the youngsters yeah. and their parents went to work or whatever. So I literally drew up these posters and started handing them <laughs> out around the <laughs> yeah, I've always been very like solution fo- solution focused basically. Yeah. So I think I've always been like this. It's tough though because it's it also drains me out as well yeah. because my 
thousand spaces. Like I'm going to China next year. I'm taking a few girls to China next year to explore factories and things like that as well. And that will be my first trip, my first sourcing trip um, as a group. I've been I've been to Asia before, but this will be the first time I'm taking other people to help them, you know, explore their dreams and help them along their journeys. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> so is it just, there is never like a day in Remy Ray's life where it's like chill out, slippers on, cup of tea, like Netflix. I do do it, but I just do it in probably shorter spouts than <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, but because I've always been like this, it's very hard. It's almost like habit. I'm so used to doing multiple things that it's, I don't know, like second nature to me. I'm, and I don't like free time. That's okay. something that I never tell people, but I don't really like <laughs> free time, like okay. not having something that I need to do because I feel like it's a bit of a waste. So when I travel is when I stop. Okay. Okay. I That's when I like, I blow out. I get wasted. I <laughs> dance. I, I think of not much or nothing. Um, I don't do anything when I usually travel if it's not for business you know yeah so you feel like for you you have to really schedule in like holidays or whatever and that's your downtime that's when you can be like I'm allowed to switch off yeah I I don't think it's more to do with like a rule okay I I, honestly I feel like it's just a natural habit before I, I, I I jumped on to record with you I started sending out emails and started compiling this group because I want people to save and I want I just want to help people Mm. so you know I'm doing this 1k challenge (laughs) so before I jumped on I started messaging everyone making sure that they're in the group and stuff like that so I think it's just my natural ability I'm a helper at heart and any way that I can while I'm here I think it's important to try and push people in the right direction because you know when now that you're going to be a mum it's Mm. important to have people that are really interested in helping the next to come Mm. you know move forward so that they don't have the problems that we've had with just getting started yeah yeah and do you ever feel burnt out by it all or do you just it's just you and you're like it makes me happy to be busy it makes me happy to be busy and thinking and thinking of ways that I can help change this world honestly I don't feel like it's extra I feel like it's just really a part of who I am I could be like this week I was at an event in Chelsea just gaining knowledge like I want to be a student for forever and I feel like I have to take myself out of my usual surroundings in order to learn so and learning's massive for me yeah I love that I I completely hear you on that front I I feel like yeah we should all do a lot more learning about ourselves about each other about yeah (laughs) <laughs> and i've just I got one last <laughs> what, what's the, what did you say people think i'm crazy one of my friends said to me the other day that she sat at home on saturday morning i thought i'm sitting here but i bet remy's not sitting here doing nothing and i but oh i don't know if that's a compliment or not but yeah it made me laugh <laughs> um but i've just got one last question for you <laughs> Um, and it's what one bit of advice would you give to your younger self? <laughs> I would say live in your truth, wherever that takes you, live in your truth. Brilliant. I love that. Thank you so much, my darling. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Oh, lovely.
Thanks so much for having me. I honestly can't believe the number of ideas that that woman has. She is a one in a million, honestly. Um, I really hope that you enjoyed that conversation. I will put all of the information in the notes about how you can follow Remy on social if you don't already. Um, If you don't, you definitely should. Um, And as always, if you liked this episode, please rate, review and subscribe in Apple Podcasts. And I will speak to you next week for another episode. Bye.